Welcome to the Business Bound podcast, where authors of business books chat with me, Tasha Glasgow, about their books. In this episode, I talk to Alexa Witten about her book, Publish Your Way to More Clients. Alexa runs and owns the book refinery and helps business owners write and publish books specifically for lead generation. She is passionate about helping people become authors and is now branching out into children's books and fiction. She also runs Compass Publishing, her sister company, so that self-published authors get the help they need to see their dream come alive. We talk about her seven-step writing process, traditional publishing versus self-publishing, how to promote your book, and much more. This episode is sponsored by The Pod Squad, the podcast agency that books experts on relevant podcasts to increase their visibility and help them spread their message to a new audience. Full disclosure, my day job. Check out thepodsquad.com. Thank you for joining me today, Alexa. Thank you very much for asking me. <laughs> Great. I I wanted to to start off with this interview with um it's not directly pertaining to your book, but it is has to do with your industry and and something you've probably encountered working with so many authors. Uh-huh. It seems now that everyone has a best-selling book. Every single per every time I I see an author, they say they're best-selling. Um Mainly, I assumed due to Amazon and the fact that it seems to be quite simple to put your book into a category and, and get that bestseller kind of label on it. So do you think that that phrase bestselling is losing its impact? Well, first of all, I'm going to say that it's not actually as simple as it may sound to get a bestseller. Um, yes, there are ways of being able to get it more easily. And that isn't a way I would ever condone getting best-selling status on your book. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the the idea is to get to get to best-selling status because it does show people have had an interest and bought the book. So yeah. I would say if you genuinely get the best-selling accolade through the right means, and by right I mean transparent means, then mm-hmm. I think that is definitely a kudos that you can wear with pride. There are some people who like to game the system, as with a lots of things where you can game the algorithm, you know, like like on LinkedIn, pod and getting paid for likes and all that kind of stuff. You know, you're gonna get mm. you're gonna get that, I think, in any industry. So do I think it takes away from the status? Uh, 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 I would say it's something you still want to aim for. Mm -hmm. And with that, if you can back it up with that you've managed to get yourself X number of five-star ratings, if you can get the fact that you've featured in um, a national newspaper, if you can back it up Mm. with other accolades that go with that, then that's only going to cement your 
expertise in the book and how it's come across. Yeah. I I recall watching a video and I think his name's Mike Winnett. I don't know if you've encountered him on LinkedIn. Yeah. And he did something where he had a book that had like no words in it. And he put it, he put it on Amazon in some obscure category yep. and had, I don't know how many yep. people buy it. Yep. And it just made me think, oh, yep. man, yep. I, it's kind of like everyone can well, get it. Yeah. I mean, he put it in an obscure category. So that's where I'm saying about being mm. transparent. If you do it with integrity yeah. and you don't put your book in an obscure category and you can actually back up where your book, what your book category is in as well. So I am a bestseller in mm. the self-help book section right? You kind of, you're saying, I haven't gammed the system. I think there was something similar with, um, you know how people, TripAdvisor, there was a a person who basically managed to completely game TripAdvisor and got his restaurant, which was a shed literally in his back garden, (laughs) a five-star restaurant. I came across that last week. I know, it's crazy. So I think, (laughs) I think any industry is going to have that kind of, you know, if you say you have a five star in anything, I think, I think you need to look at it as a whole and just see, well, what else can they back up with in order for for me to believe Mm -hmm. what they're saying? But I mean, you know, I would still definitely recommend anyone who's written a book to try and get five, you know, best-selling status for sure. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that a business author should really make that a goal to get that best sort of status or, or is it about other things? I mean, at the end of the day, it all depends on what you want the book to do. So if you want the book to get yourself more clients, Mm. um, which is what obviously my book is all about, then does it matter if I'm a bestseller? No. Am I getting leads in through my business because of the book? Yes. So is my book a success? Yes. So, you know, is it, is it, should it be the end goal? It's nice to have, but if it's if it's doing its job and bringing mm. you in paying customers, then it's doing its job. Who cares? So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, your book is about about getting uh, having lead generation books mm-hmm. and getting clients mm-hmm. um, from your book. Do you do you recommend a minimum length for a lead generation book? Well, that's a good question because um, someone asked that on LinkedIn, actually, uh, what's, what's the ideal page count? And it, mm. it depends, it depends on what it is you're trying to say, you know, and what your industry is. Mm. I mean, my book isn't particularly long. I think it's 126 pages. I don't even know how long my book is. That's awful, isn't it? About 126, I think. No, 100, 133, 134 pages, my book. Now, it does the job. There's enough information there that, you know, people realize that I know what I'm talking about. But it isn't a how to design your book. It isn't a how to write each chapter in so much detail that you're not going to need my help. This book is giving you the reasons why writing a book to get more clients is a smart move. So is there a minimum page count? Well, I mean, I would say yes, in terms of if you want the book to be perfectly bound, and that means having a proper spine, then yes, it needs to be a certain number Mm. of pages. And I believe it's about 68. Do I think there should be a maximum number of pages? Well, it depends on how much you're selling the book for. But uh, my colleague who 
or mentor, I should say, who actually inspired me to write the book said, he coined a phrase, the thud factor. And that is, if someone orders your book, you want the thud factor of when it arrives through the letterbox and it lands on your doorstep, you, you know, you want to be holding something that feels like a proper book, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was really my next question. Do you think that having a book that's pretty small and thin can be damaging to your say credibility? Damaging. It depends how well written it is. Yeah. I mean, you can have a book that's 400 pages written really badly, not professionally edited, set out in Word. That's going to damage your reputation more than a 62-page professionally edited, slick-looking typeset book. I know which one I'd prefer to have in my hand. I prefer to have the professionally edited 62-page than the Absolutely. Word set out 468-page you know, book. So I think it depends on how it's <laughs> been produced, honestly. And what's inside? What's the content? Yeah. So you don't think that having a small book nope. gives the impression that maybe you're mm. trying to do something more salesy as opposed to offering some real juicy value? If you're gonna if you're gonna have a, a book that's stapled, that's not gonna probably look particularly professional. But I mean you can yeah. have a book that's sixty-four pages that is cram packed full of value. It's true. So, you know. It's true. All right. Does it? I would say size. I would say it's not really size. It's all. It's what's inside. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, what advice do you have for an expert that's trying to figure out the main topic of their book? So, there are a couple of things that you need to think about. First of all, you need to think about what is the number one problem that your customer or client has, and that's what the book needs to address. Mm -hmm. You also need to find remember exactly what it is you want the book to do. So, what do you want the what do you want the reader to do once they've read it? Do you want them to contact you? Do you want them to follow a procedure that you've set out in the book? Do you want them to go to a web page? So that makes a difference as well as what kind of book you're going to be writing. And you also need to have a point of differentiation. That's probably my number one key is let's say you are an expert in how to help people give up smoking. Let's just say. There are hundreds of books probably out there telling you how to quit smoking. So what's your point of differentiation? What makes your book different? What makes your book the book to get? Right. When you've worked out what your point of differentiation is, and that could per that could be your technique of how you get people to quit smoking. It could be how you deliver the package. It could be how you look after the person after they've gone through your whatever it is, your service. It could be all sorts. So it's your point of differentiation. What makes your book different to what's already out there? Because there's no point in writing a book that's already been written. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is the hardest part of writing a book for an expert? And how can they overcome that challenge? I think the hardest part is writing as they speak, because they tend to write formally and with big, long words. And actually... Mm writing in your own voice and write as you speak yeah. is the best way to engage with your audience. And the way you do that is you, you trust in your writing and you don't over edit. 
and you don't try and complicate the message. The number one thing I always say to my clients that I coach is what is it that you're trying to say and say it? And it's amazing how many people don't say what they're wanting to say. They say everything, but it's quite interesting. <laughs> so write how you speak. Don't try and don't try and embellish it with right. complicated, long faluting, proper words. Write how you speak. So given that you mentioned a seven step process for writing a book in your book. So just take me through, take me through those seven steps. So my seven step process is as such. So first of all, and I wouldn't get too caught up with this one because I think brainstorming a title, which is the number one step, is usually actually the title comes once you've written the book, which is quite interesting. But what I do like to do is to have a working title so psychologically you're feeling as though you are on the road to writing a book. But don't be too precious about that because your audience will actually define what your book title needs to be, not you. That's, there's a golden nugget right there. Okay. Your audience will define what your book wants to be. You're writing the book for your audience. So they're the ones that are okay, going to okay. tell you which, which title works for them, right? So how would you do that? How would you get your audience to give the feedback on that through social media? And Yeah, social media is fantastic for that because you're then getting your audience emotionally invested in your book that you haven't even written yet. It's fab. It's a fantastic way of getting some interest. And also, you'll have social proof of, proof of whether or not your book is wanted. Right. Okay. There's no, there's no point in writing a book if no one cares about the subject that you're writing about. So, and listen, there, there is a double side to that though. And that is everyone will have an opinion. So you do have to be careful who you're taking advice from. So take advice from people who have either written a book themselves or who you trust and that they know who you are and what you're what your brand's about and what your, you know, what your industry's about. How about your ideal client? Exactly. Your ideal client is ideal. Yeah. But Dave down the chippy isn't right. So be (laughs) be careful with that because you will get opinions, but it is a great way of having social proof of what people feel your book title should be in terms of what resonates with them. And that's really important. So step two is to create your blueprint plan. Now, this is probably the most important part of your book. If you take nothing away from this podcast other than this bit of advice, it's this one. And that is before you start writing your book, plan it out. Because without a plan, you can start writing your book and then you'll go off on all sorts of tangents. And it's like creating a house. You would never think of building a house without a blueprint of your house. Mm -hmm. Same goes with a book. And I would say 99% of the cases of people who I've worked with, if they've skipped the blueprint plan part, the book doesn't get finished. And actually, I don't now carry on working with clients who want to skip that bit because I know it doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. So just 
so pl- the planning the blueprint stage it's just uh-huh. yep. putting something in word or do you recommend like a mind map kind of software to, to get everything down mind map is fantastic mind map is how i how i do it how i teach my clients to do it as well because then you've got an overview of the whole book on one sheet of paper so you put your little you put your your book title, the working title in the middle, and then you spider off your chapters. And then what you do is you just say chapter, you know, introduction, chapter one, what what that's going to be about, and a few bullet points about what's going to be included in that chapter. Chapter two, what's going to be in that bullet points of, a few bullet points of, you know, what's going to be in that chapter. And you do that for all the chapters in the book. So it's really important because then you can see the logical step all the way through the book so that when you're halfway through and that's the hardest part of writing a book is the messy middle as I call it you know if if this has taken you six months to get to the middle which can easily happen you know are you going to remember what you had decided chapter nine was going to be about when you first started probably not if you haven't got it written down so definitely plan yeah yeah, definitely plan the book. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Number three is always a good one if you're slightly, uh, if you're busy or you're not working with a coach or you're doing this on your own is to set a date of when you'd like to publish and then work back. So work out how many words you write in a week and then obviously calculate how many words you need to be writing if you want to be writing a 40,000 word book and then you know how many words you need to be writing a week yeah is that a good kind of number of word actually it's that's yeah precisely like what we talked about in terms of book sizes and it it's I guess it's just as big as it's needed to get your message across yeah I mean uh, my book I think is 28,000 words and I wouldn't really recommend much less than that so you know I've worked with business books lead generation business books that have been 135,000 words wow huge yeah (laughs) So when people say, well, how long is my book going to be? And I kind of say, well, it depends on how much you want to say. You kind of get a feel when you start writing. Like if you've planned your book out and say you've got nine chapters and the first chapter is 10,000 words, you're probably going to be looking at about the 90,000 word count at the end of it, roughly. So you know, there's, there's no, there's no hard or fast rule. It really depends on what you, it is you need to say and how you say it. But yeah. if you go back to my f- suggestion of write like you speak and just say what it is you want to say, you cut out all of the fluff that comes with writing all the way around the houses rather than actually saying what you need to say. Well, considering you, you say, write like you speak, would you, you recommend that someone Mm-hmm. record themselves mm-hmm. speaking and, and, and sure. get the ideas out that way in order to the, write their book instead of just going straight to their laptop? The only, I, I mean, I've had a couple of people who have done that uh, and they've done it very effectively. The only thing you have, yeah. the only issue is that sometimes um, audio typing software can take quite a while to get into your speaking um, yeah. voice, you know, like type accurately. And you do then need to go back over it quite carefully and make sure that they haven't typed some really weird words 
when they should have typed what that you know what you actually said. Mm-hmm. So yes, it can be very effective for people, and I have had a couple of people who have done that. So whatever works for you, really. Um, yeah. So step three was to set a date and then work backwards. Step four is then once you've got your blueprint plan. So I sort of I very uh, quickly describe that you write out a chapter with a few bullet points. Step four is to flesh out those bullet points into yeah. proper little subheadings and a little bit of information about each subheading. And the more detail, the more time you spend on that plan, the easier it is then, like I said, when you get to the messy middle, that you're then prompted with what then comes next in the next, you know, in chapter six, seven, and eight, when you've, you know, seven months down the road and you've maybe forgotten what your book's about at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I would say spend some good quality time on your plan, basically. Step five is review and refine. So you have to be very careful at this stage when you're reviewing and refining. Um, I'm always a believer of you write a chapter, you leave it for a couple of days, and then you come back and then you reread it and make sure that it is making sense. But don't over edit, which a lot of people tend to do. They tend to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, and then they actually lose the whole meaning of the original chapter. So I would say write a chapter, leave it for a couple of days, come back to it, read it, make sure it makes sense, move on to the next chapter. Now, if you're halfway through your book and something catastrophic has happened, like we've seen this year with COVID, just a little pandemic to add a bit of, you know, <laughs> flavor. Yeah. Yeah. No, Not a big deal. deal. Just to change how we work, <laughs> change how we socialize, you know. Um, you might need to review and refine as you're going. So you might need to change tack and that's fine. Don't don't be afraid if you feel you've got halfway through, actually, mm, I, I kind of was going down this path, but actually I'm now going down a path that actually isn't where I want to be going. That's okay. Stop, take a look at your plan, review, refine, and, you know, get back on the horse, so to speak. And then just like you were, if you're, you know, going up on a mountain trek or whatever, you just alter your course slightly. You see, this is where I think having a coach helps you because they give you feedback and they make sure that you're not going off piste or off track. So yeah, keep you focused, keep you in task. Keeps you focused. Exactly. Um, So then step six is get your writing checked by a proofreader and copy editor. I would always say that before you hit publish, even if you don't invest in any other part of your book process, I would say the two most important things are a proofreader or editor and a cover designer for sure. But definitely, even if even people, you know, famous published authors now still get their writing checked by a proofreader and editor. So don't, don't, don't be so, um, I mean, you know, uh, even editors need to get their stuff you know proofread by someone else so and i and i would say if you can afford it get a professional you know your aunt margaret who used to be an english teacher is a fantastic proofreader don't get me wrong (laughs) but 
I would say invest in a in a proper editor. And then step seven is to print and publish your book. I mean, printing and publishing actually are kind of the same thing. Yeah. Just publishing is a bit more of a fancy term. It means that you've got an ISBN and you're selling it in bookshops, yeah. you know. But yeah, print and publish your book. So that is, if we go through the steps again, brainstorming the title, create your blueprint plan, which I would say is most important. Set a date, then work backwards to find out how many words you need to be writing in a week if you want to be publishing by a certain date. Flesh out each section of your blueprint plan as you're going along. Review and refine. Make sure you stay on the right track. Get your writing checked by a proofreader and then print and publish your book. There you have it. Excellent. Yeah, fantastic. Great advice. Um, so uh-huh. your final step is obviously publishing. Are there, there are, are there any myths about publishing your book and even writing and publishing your book that you'd like to debunk? Uh, there's, there's a couple, I think, actually, of, of, of note. Um, and that is just because you've written and published a book doesn't mean anyone's going to buy it. It's like yeah. building a website. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got a website. Well, if you're not sending traffic there, no one's going to visit it. No one's going to stumble yeah. across your website unless you tell people about it. <laughs> it's the same with a book. So. Uh, I th- I think there is this big myth that if you have your book on Amazon, everyone's yeah. going to see it and buy it. And that's not true. I mean, I can't remember. I don't know the number of books listed on Amazon. I mean, it's in the millions, many, 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 many millions of books. So unless you're telling people about it, yeah, no one's going to buy it. As simple as that. It's the same with the website. Um. And just because I I think everyone thinks that Amazon is the place that you need to have your book to sell it. Yeah. And I don't say that's true. Yes, Amazon is a good place to have your book for sure. Like I'm not disputing that, you know, Amazon isn't a good platform to have your book. But if you can sell it directly, you'll make way more money. Okay. Because Amazon take a lot of commission for the privilege of having your book listed on Amazon. Yeah. Amazon are in the process of making Amazon rich, not authors. So remember that. And boy, are they. (laughs) Boy, are they rich. (laughs) And boy, are they. Yeah, there's a reason why. They take take 60% of a cover price. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was that Mm -hmm. high. Okay. So... Um, I would, I do a combination of two. So I have hundreds of copies of my book in my office that I sell direct. So if someone comes and lands on my website and they want to buy my book, they can. I offer them something of value extra so they get a bookmark and a signed copy from me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if obviously they go to Amazon, they're not going to get that. But Having direct sales just also means I know who's buying my book. Whereas if Amazon are selling my book, I have no clue who's buying them. Mm-hmm. So in terms of why are you writing the book? Are you writing the book to get more customers? Yeah. You want that bit of information. You want to know who's buying your book. Yeah. Would you recommend not focusing on selling your book because if you're using it for lead generation purposes? Obviously, the main thing you want is the person to actually buy your services. So should you be using your book as that 
just that really expensive business card, as someone said to me recently? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good question because I think there is no value in free. Okay. I don't know how many free ebooks you've got sitting on your computer and how many you've read. <laughs> Thousands, probably, that are, they're sitting there. <laughs> but if you, right, but if you've bought an ebook for 25 quid, you're going to read it. Interesting. So I, I would say you want to, you can do a bit of both. So I very, very rarely discount my book. Very rarely. Mm -hmm. I will do it occasionally as a promotion because why not? But very rarely I discount my book. Um, do I make it accessible? Yes. My book is selling at $9.97. Hardly going to break the bank. Right. But what it does mean is the people that have bought my book have trusted me with their credit card details, have trusted me enough to pay a tenner. They're much more likely to do business with me than if I gave this away for free. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Different point yeah. of view. Well, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, do you value free stuff? Yeah. People do value free stuff. If I get a free pen, love it. Love a free pen. Who doesn't? But when it's something like a book where it's cost you money, it's your expertise. I think you're devaluing your expertise if you give it away for nothing. Now, if they've appear, if they've come to a seminar, I mean, we don't haven't had many of them in 2020, but you know, you know, when people come to a seminar and they've paid 450 quid for a ticket, mm -hmm. giving them a free book at the end of the seminar, why not? <laughs> they've already bought from you. They've already trust you. They already they've already they've broken that barrier, right? But giving your book free without without any context, yeah. I I would say probably doesn't work as well as people think. Okay, all right. So, what would you uh -huh. uh, recommend? How would you recommend that an author promote if they're not giving it away? Um, how are they? How are they promoting it? How are they getting the word out there? So, I mean, always you always list your book on your website for sure. Um, and then obviously you make it super, super easy for people. I mean, I like to have a particular landing page on my website where all, all that, it, all that page has is just the book. There's nothing else there to distract them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I use social media. So LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. TikTok, I hear is a great place to sell business stuff. I don't know. I don't have TikTok, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <Neither do> I. <laughs> um, YouTube as well. I don't use YouTube, but apparently that's also a great place to sell stuff as well. And Pinterest, funnily enough, is also a really good untapped way of selling stuff. So wherever you would sell your other products is where you're going to sell your book. But I would always suggest you. Um, direct people to your website or to a landing page where it's just about all about the book, where they don't get distracted with anything else. They buy the book directly from you. And then um, you're obviously then getting their details of who's bought. Now, obviously, if you're in a, a radio situation where let's say you've contacted a local radio, which is another great way of getting your book promoted as well. Newspaper, your local newspaper as well. 
they're always looking for stories. Um, my VA who wrote has written two books, two bestseller books, actually. Um, she got contacted uh, by a national newspaper to feature in their books. Um, but she did that by approaching the um, newspapers, uh, reporters on Twitter. Now, I don't use Twitter, but Twitter apparently is a really good resource as well for getting in front of people who write for national newspapers. So that's a great way of getting your book advertised as well. If you can get yourself in the national press. Another one of my authors, um, uh, Elizabeth Lee Crowther, who wrote uh, Life by Numbers, she's just been featured on this morning because she helps people communicate with animals. But she's also written a book called Life by Numbers. And she's been on this morning and her book, funnily enough, has flown off the shelves. So, you know, yeah, yeah. There's lots of ways you can get your book sold. Um, and you can say your books on Amazon if you don't want to get involved. If you don't want to get hundreds of books sitting in a garage, mm-hmm. you can just list your book on Amazon. That's fine. And say your book's available on Amazon. I'm not saying don't do that. But what I'm saying is just remember they do take a big chunk of your commission. So Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There was parts in your book where you were talking about traditional versus self-publishing. And would you say it's correct that traditional publishers are looking for experts mm-hmm. that already have mm-hmm. an existing mm-hmm. kind of audience and audience platform? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think about it, if you think about the costs involved in publishing, traditional publishing I'm talking about, yeah. you know, they're investing in the person. So they, how traditioning publishing works is they pay the author money to write the book mm. and then they take care of all the editing, all the marketing, you know, all the distribution, they take care of all of that. So no, not only are they paying out a big commission to get the book written by the author, but they're then also taking on the costs associated with bringing that book to print. That's a big investment. So they're not going to do that to anybody unless they can prove that they are wanted, wanted by the public, are, you know, someone that is in the public eye, someone of public interest. So there's no reason, though, why you can't self-publish. And then if you are selling your book in the thousands, which one of my authors has, he's managed to get his book taken up by Bloomsbury. Um, you know, approaching a traditional publisher with social proof that your book has sold mm. is a, is a, is a surefire way of them being guaranteed of their return on investment. Cause you know, a publisher has got to make money at the end of the day. Yeah. That's interesting. So self-publish first, and then if you're doing really well, then you can approach a traditional publisher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm not, I mean, I've, there's another writer friend of mine, um, who wrote his book. Um, it's fiction and he approached many, many agents and has now got himself a publishing deal. So it's all about doing your homework, knowing who you need to pitch to, knowing who to pitch to and how to pitch to them. And then being relentless, there's, you know, the famous J.K. Rowling was, what, rejected by 23 agents? (laughs) Well, they feel dumb now. (laughs) 
Absolutely. I mean, look at look at how much money she's made. Whoever it is that publishes J.K. Rowling, I don't. I think it's at Harper Collins. I don't know off the top of my head who publishes her, but you know, I bet those twenty three agents are kicking themselves now. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you mentioned. And, oh, sorry. And, <laughs> sorry, just sorry to interrupt, but whether or not you love her or loathe her, but the Fifty Shades of Grey. E.L. James, she was self-published. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so she first self-published that. Yep. Yep. Epic. Epic. <laughs> epic book. I think it's the. I think it's the most book. I think it's the most found book in secondhand bookshops. I think. Really. But, mm. but she's made millions. Yeah. Millions. And there's been what a three film franchise. Yeah. There's been music franchise off it, you know. So she self published. All right. <laughs> so food um, for thought. It is, yeah, for sure. And that's fiction. Um, so. Yep. Yep. And not very well written fiction either. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> well, I've I've been told. <laughs> Somebody told me. Somebody told me it wasn't very well written. <laughs> All three books weren't yeah. very well written. So I've been told. And the movies aren't too great either. So I hear. No, no, they're rubbish. So I hear. <laughs> but isn't it interesting, though? You know, it's interesting that that you know she is a perfect example of she is, you know, laughed at, which she is. But she has got a full bank account and a lot of people really enjoyed her books. It's 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 an interesting one. You know, she tapped into an area of fiction that hadn't been looked at in any great, you know, description or whatever. Um, And it's got a three movie deal. So she's got to be doing something right. She's a multimillionaire. Indeed. A little bit of luck, I think. Well, apparently she's not very easy to work with, I've I've oh. heard, apparently. But, you know, <laughs> anyway, Fifty Shades of Business Books, maybe. Why not? <laughs> I think I've got an, I think I've got a blog. I think I've got a blog post that was Fifty Shades of something. I think I wrote um, just to tap into a bit of that, you know, hey, I'm going to get a bit of that success as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? She can do it. Damn it. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned, um, in, in the book, you mentioned three strategies for using your book for lead generation. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about each of those strategies? Sure. Just briefly. So yeah, very briefly. So I've already talked about free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you can get the free download, which I, I mean, even though I've I published this, you know, I did the updated version. I was I was really in a quandary about whether or not to include these three strategies because I've kind of slightly changed my mind ish about it. But it depends on your industry, and it dep- and it all comes down to testing. Right. Anything you do marketing wise comes down to testing. You got to do what is right for your industry. So. The first one is you get a free download with the opportunity to get the physical book for a fee, like, but you pay a small amount like postage and packing. And it all comes down to that yeah. trusting someone with their credit card. So 
Mm. Yes, in their head, they feel like they're getting a free book, but they're paying $2.97 for the postage and packing. Yeah. So it isn't actually free. They've actually had to go through the steps of putting their credit card into some kind of payment system. And just by doing that, you're shifting their mentality into the fact that, okay, it's considered free, but they're at, they have actually invested a little bit in it. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. there's, I mean, that works very well. Whenever I do my free offer, you know, my discounted offer, I do that one. I do a, you get the free book, but you just pay postage and packing. And actually yeah. what the 297 covers is usually the actual physical printing of the book and the postage. So, right. you know, okay. it kind of covers your outgoings, so to speak. <laughs> the next one, and this works really well in the business sector for sure, is that you have a free download of the first two chapters. Now, I would even include not just the free two chapters, but also the table of contents as well. So you have a landing page and you say, I've just brought out a book, first three chapters for free. They put in their name and email address, which is what you want, because if they're metaphysically putting their, raising their hand up in the air saying, yes, I'm interested in your book. You've then got their email that you can market to. Yeah. So what you do is you then send them the contents and then the first two chapters. Now, hopefully your first two chapters are the ones that are the really enticing. This is what the book's going to be about. This is why you need to do it. So that the, come the second chapter, they're really wanting the rest of the book. And then they, you know, yeah. go and buy the book. Mm -hmm. And then the third way of doing it is that you just give them the download of the chat of the contents. So it's almost like, you know how Amazon have clocked onto this? The look inside. Yeah. It's basically that really. So um you could, you know, you could give the 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 contents and you then give them the opportunity of giving them the full PDF download or the physical book, but for 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 a price. So um it's it's a sort of way of enticing people to say, look, this is this is what because they can't physically pick up the book like they would in a bookshop and look at the back cover and take a look at what the book's like inside. Like the look inside feature on Amazon is actually very clever. It's very clever. And and that's my way of mimicking that. So they get an idea of what the book's going to be like and how the writing style is, et cetera. And I think that's a really effective way of then people going, oh, I like the sound of this. I like how it reads. I like what the table of contents has to offer. So, yes, I'm now going to invest in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always look for the mm -hmm. look inside every time I'm checking out a book on Amazon. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's 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 because. Because the book is not, like I said, in a bookshop where, I mean, I love going to a bookshop and actually opening up the book, you know, taking a flick through, looking at the back cover. You can't do that when you're looking online because, mm. you know, unless you actually show the back cover, which some people can do easily enough, you know, you're not going to get a feel of what it's like, which is why I like to offer the the combination of two chapters or the table of contents is a really good way of doing it. Yeah. So what's really important here is giving them something, getting their email mm -hmm. address and yeah. marketing yeah. to them in the future. Because they've, yeah. they've basically said, yes, I'm interested. And they've trusted you with their, they've trusted you with their email address. And I think a lot of people are getting 
really selective with who they're giving their email address to. Yeah. You know, I, I certainly do. I, I don't give my email address out to everybody and anything. And I always untick that if you want to, you know, have promotions from us, blah, 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 you know, tick here. I never yeah. take, I never, I never do any of that. I've got a throwaway email. Ah, I've got a throwaway email address so that I'll just stick it in there. I think it's going to be something that I don't want to see often. Yeah. But I mean, I think if you're really interested in something and you're willing to spend $2.97 on your postage and packing, you've broken through that barrier of um, I now trust you. And yes, I'd like to learn more about what it is your book has to say. So that's why I'm a big fan of the at least charging postage and packing for sure. Excellent. So what is the the biggest message that you want readers to take away from your book? Oh, just one. Yeah, the biggest one. Biggest message. I think the biggest message is it should all be about the reader and not about you. Mm-hmm. I'm. Yeah. That's great advice. I'm currently working on a book that is all about the writer. And it's kind of like, what's in it for me? I'm the reader. So you should mm-hmm. make it all about the reader. And if you can talk to them in a way that you talk normally, yeah. then I would say that is definitely the way you're going to engage with your reader. Make it all about them and write as you speak. Fantastic. Fantastic. What is next for you, Alexa? What have you got going on? Oh, funnily enough, funnily enough, I'd really like to do a podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. Interesting. We're going to have to chat. (laughs) And um, I'm writing another book, but not on, but not on this, not on this subject matter, not on, on publishing to be more clients, but a, 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 a personal book about a personal journey that I've been on. Okay. Really what, what's around the corner for me is, uh, the book refinery in the last five months has just exploded because people finally have had time to write their books. So what I'd like to do now is just expand the business and just help more and be able to help more people. So how can our listeners get in touch? So the best way to get in touch with me is either through LinkedIn is I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, and if they just look up Alexa Witten, I don't think there are very many Alexa Wittens on, uh, LinkedIn. Um, and obviously I am the person that helps people become authors. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other place that people can get in touch with me is my website, which is www.thebookrefinery.com. And all my details, all my social media details is all on, all on that. And they can get my book from there. They can. Yeah. Excellent. I will make sure that links to your website and to your social channels are in the show notes of the podcast episode. Fabulous. Thank you. Excellent. So thanks. uh, Thanks so much, Alexa. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. I hope I've given your listeners some value of now how they can go about writing their book for lead generation yeah uh, you definitely have a million percent <laughs> thanks alexa thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode 
please leave a five-star review on whatever app you're listening on. So check out the website, businessboundpodcast.com for show notes and information about upcoming episodes. 